Welcome to Get Hired in Cybersecurity with your host, Io Adiojo. Make sure to follow me on LinkedIn for more tips and advice, and feel free to message me if you need more information on how to get into cyber. I'd love to help you on your journey, and I do offer one-on-one services and coaching. Thank you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Get Hired in Cybersecurity. Today, I have Scott Schober here with me today, CEO of Berkeley Vertronic Systems and best-selling author of three security books, Hacked Again, Cybersecurity is Everybody's Business, and Senior Cyber. Scott, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for taking the time to be here with us today. Uh, I'm sure our listeners are going to get a lot of value from this. Uh, can you explain a bit about yourself, uh, specifically your work with uh, BVS? And yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Well, we're Berkeley Veritronic Systems. Uh, we've been in business many years. Actually, this is our 50th year in business. I was not the founder of it. It was actually founded by my father. And um, so I'm second generation running. He's since retired. But it's kind of an exciting company because people have always come to us over the years with a problem and we try to provide a a full turn solution to whatever that problem is. And most of the time it has some aspect of wireless and often tied to security. And uh, so it's kind of exciting. We're at that crossroads, I often say, where wireless and cybersecurity cross and that's where we come in and we develop lots of different types of tools and it makes it easier for the good guys to stop the bad guys, the cyber criminals out there. Um, so it's certainly it, it, it's kind of a, a unique niche company because not many companies that I know of, at least are, are family run in business 50 years and do everything under one roof. So we'll, we'll take the concept somebody brings us. We'll design the circuits, lay out the circuits. Uh, we'll actually build the prototypes, write the software, assemble it, test it, support it full turnkey. So it's pretty cool to see all the processes under one roof as a company. And I get to deal with just some really cool people in the world of uh, cybersecurity. One of our main customers is really uh, different DOD agencies. And uh, so it's it's certainly exciting to be making a difference. And several of our products over the years, we've been told have actually been used to save lives. And that makes you feel good inside. So you know that you're making a difference, keeping people safer, um, preventing accidents. We do a lot of distracted driving tools, preventing trains from from crashing where operators are texting. And we're on about about 20,000 locomotives right now throughout the United States. Um, last year, we had one of our uh, direction finding tools used in an avalanche to actually hunt someone down that was trapped in snow. They were able to dig and rescue the person and were able to save their life before they suffocated. So we have a lot of ex- exciting stories that we get to hear the feedback uh, that you just don't get to hear that much in 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 the world of tools and, and technology and and certainly dealing with law enforcement because everything's always hush hush but uh, when you do get to hear those exciting stories it certainly uh, makes us happy and we feel proud about it but uh, just just an exciting time to be in the, in this business and uh, doing some, some some fun stuff in the world of cybersecurity. great yeah it's definitely a great thing when when products uh, uh create a break a great impact for its users um, yeah, thank you for sharing. And you also talk about um, your your outside work too. Uh, I know you're on some advisory boards on certain schools and companies. Yeah, I, I really enjoy that too. Sometimes to be able to get outside of your own company and, and experience things hands-on and, and have influence in helping other companies, and, and it could be anywhere from you know the CEO to employees and just 
share your expertise, that maybe some of the things that you've learned, but also some of the mistakes you've made as a business owner, sharing that and hearing their problems. It, it's just a great way to learn and to share your knowledge base with others. So, so, so one, one, uh, uh, board that I'm sitting on, I'm a senior advisory board member is a company called, uh, Cyberlytica. And, and, and it's just a lot of fun. They focus on the dark web and it's kind of interesting because a lot of people just don't understand the dark web. So I certainly enjoy not just, you know, understanding about it, but helping educate people and helping bridge the gap and, and helping people see why it's so important to have your, your personal logging credentials scanned to see if they appear maybe in a breach, a cyber breach on the dark web. So they've developed, Cyberlytic has developed an advanced um, dark web crawler and, and they can actually send you instantaneous alerts that if your personal information is down there, say your password is compromised on LinkedIn, for example, now suddenly, boom, you get an alert. What are you going to do? You're going to be proactive. You're going to jump on LinkedIn. You're going to change that password before the cyber criminal gets to it or buys it and takes over your account. So it's kind of neat because I'm dealing with a lot of cutting edge solutions that companies deal with and educating just just the masses, how they can actually be safer and trying to make a difference. So that, that's a lot of fun. Also, you mentioned universities. Um, I'm, I'm a, a cyber advisory board member and foundation board member with uh, Kane University, which is a great school and decent size, probably about 16,000 students. It's in central New Jersey, Brighton Union. And um, there's a, there's a, a, a cybersecurity program there. And they just got, in fact, uh, awarded as a cybersecurity uh, center of excellence with the NSA. So working closely with the NSA and getting a lot of funding to develop some really advanced um, modeling and threat detection tools and different different types of research that's going to be going on at the university and working closely, I think, with staff and students and departments there to really take cybersecurity to the next level. And I think that's really important because when kids are going to school and trying to learn a particular area of interest, they can now have hands-on experience with a lot of different government uh, organizations, Fortune 500 companies, and have access to the latest and greatest technology. So uh, I'm, I'm really proud to be working with them and, and really excited what the future is going to be, and especially the students, just to, to hear their feedback and how excited they are to roll their sleeves up and, and kind of do some hands-on. To me, that's one thing I always recommend when people are talking about like careers. Do I want a career in cybersecurity? And I, I always ask them, well, what's your hobby? And they're like, well, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, do you like computers? Do you like playing games? Do you like uh, forensics, solving puzzles? Those type of skill sets are very tightly correlated to, to, um, to math and science, STEMs in education that we often hear about. But if in your personal life, in your hobbies, you get excited about that stuff, Wow, that, that's a perfect path for cybersecurity and much more likely that you're going to excel at it, do well, um, and go to work every day and enjoy what you're doing. Because to me, if you don't really enjoy it and have a passion, it's hard to grow in a career. And I think that's part of the challenge. So many kids I talk to, they're hopping from job to job year after year. Um, I've never done that. I've had one job since sixth grade and, and through high school and through college and graduate studies and everything. I, this is my only job I've ever had. And I had to work my ranks up through the company. I used to cut the grass and did projects where I was literally coding on a keyboard, programming and soldering and learning the electronics and the hardware and the radio frequency to the point where now I'm, I'm managing and running the company. So 
it's nice I got to have my hands in a little bit of everything and experience the good, the bad, and the ugly and find the area, the sweet spot that I really enjoy. So I always encourage people, if you, if you like cybersecurity, there is a job for you out there and there is a need for you out there. It's, it's honing in and finding your sweet spot. That's what's really important. And, and there's some great um, companies that place people that can help you do that, steer you in that right direction. And it's important to go to the, 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 the trade shows, the events, to talk to leaders, to get involved, to join great podcasts like this, to, so you can kind of talk and have conversations about it. So I'm kind of always excited just to be talking about cybersecurity. Um, I, I, the one company I'm, I'm doing some advisory work with, I went out to New York City and we had dinner last night. All we did was talk about cybersecurity pretty much, but it was fun. It was exciting. And, and some of the breaking tech technologies and, you know, who are you hiring? Oh, who are you hiring? And, and what skill set are you looking for? So it, it's a, it's a common conversation. So anybody that's listening, if you're even thinking about cybersecurity, highly encourage you to take that leap and talk to some people and, and, and find that niche that you really want to excel in so you can make a great career out of it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Scott. And to follow up on that, I wanted to ask um, a lot of aspiring cybersecurity professionals. There's so much information out there. There's so many videos on YouTube. There's so many books, there's so many podcasts, so many opinions. And there can be a sense of analysis paralysis and, and being being frozen, so to speak, and, and immobile with, with the pursuit because um, there's this belief is uh, that if I open the forensics door, I close the penetration testing door. If I open the um, seam door, uh, I close uh, the cloud security door. Um, basically, leaving them outside, looking at a bunch of doors, not even making a move, in in hopes of you know I, I, they want to find the the best, most uh, uh, optimized solution for them that can t guarantee success. Can you speak to the the detriment of that type of, of thinking and and how I guess like you said just trying new things and and and, and looking more internally um, could be more benefit because I get I get questions like this all the time you know what should I do what should I do what do you suggest and it always goes back to what do you want because everything's open there's if you go into cloud security it's not like you won't be helpful in another discussion it's it's the same field. However, um, it's almost like a do or die situation mm -hmm. that some may feel it is. Well, I, I always encourage people to, first of all, get into it. You don't know until you try. And if you try a couple different areas in, in cybersecurity, you can pivot fairly quickly as you're learning things. And, and, and hopefully you're a tinkerer and you like to get on a computer and play around in the world of Windows. But maybe you also like to dabble in Linux or Python or, you know, looking at writing some scripts and, and kind of understanding that. I have, I'll give you a, a case in point. I have a nephew. He, he started school. It was a little less than two years ago, I guess. And he was going to be something in the forestry services or something. I don't know exactly what that is, but, you know, and maybe state parks or something like that with animals and, and preservation and things. And he liked it, but he started going to school and he was kind of like, this is not for me. And we started chatting and, and I gave him one of my books about, I said, do you ever think of cybersecurity? And he goes, you know, he sounds, sounds kind of cool. And I like computers and I like technology and phones and stuff, but 
I'm not really, I don't know anything about cybersecurity. I said, well, re read this book. Let's talk some more. And he started reading the book and he's like, you know, this sounds kind of cool. So he started talking to different people, I guess, at the university and friends. I'm, I connected him with another colleague and he offered him an internship to work and just kind of a couple hours a week just to help out. And in the process, get to meet some different cybersecurity leaders and ask them questions and work on some micro projects. And he did that and he got a little certificate after he, he did X number of sessions or whatever. And now he's going full blown into cybersecurity. He, he's really into the hardware side. He's building a computer. He's learning Python. Uh, he, he's kind of fascinated with some of the forensics. So he kind of had to dip his toes in the water and find what he likes and doesn't like so he can kind of steer his own path. I didn't want to push him or anyone else. I never want to push them too hard. I just want to put the opportunities out there and see what excites them and then let them gravitate toward that because you know how it is when you're excited about a job the day flies like this i mean i'm not a nine to five person here i'm up early i work i mean i, I got home from working last night about 10 o'clock at night so i you know your your your, your job and your life it kind of become one and that's good and that's bad so you have to have that work-life balance all, often but i think in the world of cybersecurity, you will find to, to your point, you mentioned penetration testing. Often guys that do penetration testing, they might work funky hours. They might be, you know, in the dark hoodie in the parking lot trying to hack into the Wi-Fi to start with. So there's some things they might do that's a little bit unorthodox to, to break into a company to find vulnerabilities and see how they could exploit them and document them and share the results there so the company can reinforce their, their cybersecurity stance. That to me is exciting. I love talking to guys that do penetration testing because they're thinking outside the box. They're thinking, okay, how do I social engineer into this company to get the Wi-Fi password so I could break in, get on the computer network, work laterally, play some malware, start collecting some stuff. And now I can go back to the, the CEO or CISO, whoever, and sit down and say, guys, here's what we got. Now, here we got a problem. Here's what we got to fix. And you say, wow, we made a difference. Like, that's a cool job to me. I would love to do that. Um, can't do everything though. So, you know, but to me, when somebody hears all the steps of it, it's exciting. Uh, when you think about forensics and there's even niches and niches in cybersecurity, there's a huge, huge need just for people to do mobile phone forensics where you can get into a mobile phone and you could look for erased files and you could look for specific content that could be used for criminal investigation for a terrorist attack for catching bad guys that are doing drugs whatever the case may be so there's so many different little insights that you can start to learn about as you delve into cybersecurity. so my advice is just just get in there and start ask a lot of questions uh, as you start attending the events there's tons of industry events i speak at a lot of them i attend them the black hat is really cool it's out in vegas I'm going to RSA in, in June. It's a great event. A lot of these, if you're a student, they'll actually let you in for free often, where you can get a student pass. You can walk around. If you're, if you're willing to hop on a plane and spend a few hundred bucks and maybe an overnight in a hotel, it's well worth the education and, and to talk to these experts, hear the presentations. Because like you said, there's a million YouTube videos. Nothing wrong with that. You'll learn some stuff for it, but it's hard to... It's hard to self-educate yourself. It's kind of like homeschooling. I always give credit to kids that know how to do that and stay disciplined enough 
and the parents staying on their case to make sure they get through homeschooling. It's hard though to motivate yourself when you have maybe a certificate that you're trying to get, when you have a degree that you're trying to get, it's easier because it's a little more structured and it pushes you and you see the goalpost as you progress through, as you're learning. And I think that's what's really important about education, looking ahead and seeing where you are now and where you're looking to be and seeing the progress that you make. That to me, that's exciting because you never know what, what'll, it's the unknowns that are probably the parts that you're going to discover that you'll be dealing with in your career and your life. That's the parts that are so exciting. And I'll give you a case in point. I, when I went to NYU for graduate studies, part of the curriculum was a co course in, in robotics. I always love robots, but by delving in and actually learning how to program a robot and having it accomplish a task. So understanding that interface, it gave me a renewed appreciation for robotics to this day. I'm fascinated with them, but I wouldn't have known that until I took that course. Another course I took in college was uh, cryptography. A lot of math can be very boring, but as I got into it, it was exciting. We were solving these cryptographic challenges and that was your grade if you could solve it. So you worked your butt off until the wee hours of the night understanding cryptography. Only to years later, I was at one of the I was at RSA or one of the Black Hats or one of the shows to meet uh, Bruce Schneier, who's probably one of the, the, the greatest cryptographers in the world and get to talk to him. And I've read his books and stuff. So making those connections with real world people, but also studying it and appreciating it yourself, really exciting stuff. So I encourage people to do it. Go read. I, I probably got a couple hundred books just on cybersecurity. I'm still reading through many of them. I'm not done with all. Of them. But the more I read, the more I delve into, the more I learn and the more I can hopefully share and teach others. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. Um, you know, definitely great points on on being able to network and reach out and, and figure out what it is you want to do uh, initially. And then it can be scary at first. It's, it's, it's a really uh, it could be a big hill to climb, but you got to take it one step at a time um with your experience with speaking with businesses of, of various sizes um i wanted your perspective on the current needs right now for for companies um i think there there might be a bit of a um what's the term a curtain uh that's up the uh, up regarding what's really going on behind the scenes uh, and there's a lot in the front for aspiring cybersecurity professionals to to digest regarding what's needed um there's buzzwords like pen testing and that's thrown around all the time however on the back end from what you've seen what are some of the issues companies are having right now regarding cyber if you were to maybe make a list of the top three or top one of just concerns right now for cybersecurity well i, I think all the companies i've talked to and I, i've talked to it from a education standpoint at, at you know talking to a sea of a thousand people in an audience to a lunch and learn with 30 people to going into folk i did a lot of insurance companies i go in and just instilling best practices and guess what most of them are all about the same the the basics everybody knows they need to do it but they're not doing it and what, what do i mean by that you say yeah make a long strong password yeah 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 they're not doing it don't reuse the same password across multiple logins more than half the users still do that. Um, use multi-factor authentication. It's 100 times more secure, blah, blah, blah. They trade security because they want convenience. So 
sometimes just having somebody come in and educate them to the dangers of the things that they're doing and, and say, you don't need to spend a lot of money. You just need a little bit of discipline and come up with a plan and realize that when you do that, you can actually make a difference and improve cybersecurity within your organization. But it's got to be done through the whole organization. I always say from the janitor to the CEO. And a lot of people look at me and they're like, well, that's the IT's department. Or shouldn't that be the CISO if it's a larger organization or whatever? No, not really. It's everybody's responsibility. And that's that can be a challenge, getting that message across in all different organizations. But I don't think the world needs millions of pen testers. They need pen testers. Um, but they also need entry-level people even there from an IT role, um, help desk, technicians, uh, information security analysts, somebody, as you mentioned before, that understands cloud architecture. So there's, there's so many areas that having that that parallel knowledge of cybersecurity can bring so much more value to a company and in turn to the employee. Because now they can say, hey, I don't know, you know, I just don't configure a computer and set it up. I understand the implications of not properly protecting it. Now that employee is very valuable and it's protect that they're going to be protecting the company and helping them and making a difference. And guess what? That means you're going to make more money. You can grow faster. You could be used more. You're in demand. All of those things I think are really important to have cybersecurity in the mix of the job description. And it's not that it used to be more tech companies we talked about. Now, what are you finding? Every company needs somebody that has some cybersecurity knowledge that can jump in and that can actively help, or they have to hire out a good third party that they can trust. That's difficult to do for a lot of companies, even big organizations. It's hard for them to always go outside their trusted staff because of, you know, NDAs and IP and all the other reasons there and different laws and things that they've got in place. There's a trust factor. So they really have to use caution, I think. Um, so if you can get a job in a company and you've got cybersecurity skills, you have a nice growth trajectory that you can take over a very short period of time. And it's got, it's got some good job security because it's not going away. We see the breaches, we read the headlines, all of us, we're almost numb to it. Um, it it's really important that you find that sweet spot in cybersecurity and just go with it. Perfect, perfect. Thank you so much, Scott, for that. Um, just general education. And I like the point you touched on that it's everybody's issue. It's not just uh, the, the CISO, the security analyst issue. Um, everybody's involved in protecting the company's assets. And um, not to say it's, it's they're putting convenience over uh, the actual uh, the actual tools and, and procedures needed uh, just to make life a bit easier. So I really do appreciate that, that answer. And, and it definitely does help the listeners understand what's needed. Uh, in cyber right now of, of just the basic things, passwords, multi-factor authentication, um, checking email, uh, the email addresses to see if, if the domain is suspicious, um, things that aren't really high cost. And it seems like security has been, been deemed uh, an, uh, an expense, so to speak, right? And, and a large one at that, depending on the solution you want to put in place. Um, I know a lot of these solutions aren't, aren't, aren't inexpensive when we talk about uh, seam threat monitoring, endpoint detection and response, um, 
even advisory services could, could, could really be up there too uh, for some companies and not everybody can afford it. Um, I guess uh, for those wanting to close the gap, I feel there there's this idea that you have to wait to be hired to make an impact on the cybersecurity industry or or to, to help in any way. Um, whereas you could really you know, post things online or even talk to people at your local uh, uh, chamber of business uh, about it. Um, what would you suggest aspiring cybersecurity professionals do to show their value, um, especially when they can't necessarily find find a role that's titled, you know, security analyst? Well, I, I think it's a, it's a great question. I always encourage people just, just start out and, and do the impossible, do something about it, take the next step to get into it. And, and what do I mean by that? A case in point, I have a colleague, he's been in construction for years. He's a little bit older, but always loved computers, loved technology. He was tinker. He'd be fooling around and on the computer, building things, this and that. But that was a hobby. He came to me one day and he said, Scott, he goes, you know, I, I, I just, I'm, I'm kind of following you. Some of the stuff you've been saying about cybersecurity. Um, I want to check out your book. I said, well, I said, let me send you a book. I sent him my books. He read them a couple weeks later, called me back. He goes, because, you know, I read some stuff there and I think I could really kind of get into this cybersecurity. It sounds like a lot of fun. I said, yeah. I, and he goes, well, what, what should I do? Should I go to college? Should I get some certificates? This and that kind of expensive. Not sure. I said, well, is there a couple companies that you're thinking of that you'd like to work in ideally? I said, approach them. I said, tell them that you want a career in cybersecurity, you're pivoting, and you've always loved technology, fooling around on the computer, and you want to get a couple certificates. Are there any certificates that they require to get a job in the company? And would they do anything to help? And I said, ask them. Sometimes they'll actually pay for your certification if you stay loyal and say, I'll stay here and work. And sure enough, he calls me sometime later and he goes, you won't believe this. Took your advice and they're paying for my certification and I'm starting immediately and I'm pivoting out of construction. I don't have to swing a hammer anymore and I'm on a computer and I'm, I'm getting my certificate and they already got another certificate that I'm going to get after that. And then my job starts here. So it's a nice progressive path that you can get into, but you, you got to just jump in. Don't look back. Don't be hesitant. Too many people want to go to school and get the degree or get, the certificate or have the experience there's such a need for cybersecurity. companies aren't waiting for people to have the skill set that aligns to them they want it but it's not there for most of the cases so what are they doing they're willing to work with you training on the job getting a certificate on the side getting a skill set learning hands-on reading on your own so there's lots of active things i encourage people to immerse themselves in it'll get you there much quicker because you may not be doing hardcore cybersecurity. You may be into get into a company. Maybe it's more project management or it's a leadership position, but it's understanding, bridging the gap by understanding cybersecurity skills and, and being able to, to, you know, roll the acronyms to roll off your, your lips and understanding them to some degree, or you're, you're collaborating two teams perhaps, or whatever the case may be. doesn't always have to mean a hardcore put a hoodie on, sit in the basement and drink Coke all night in the dark on the keyboard. That's not really what cybersecurity is about. Some of cybersecurity is very boring. Some of it's very 
um, data intense, analyzation of data. But some people love data. I was interviewing a guy the other day and, and that was his whole background. It was all about data analytics. That was his expertise. So for him to be emerged in the world of cybersecurity, I see the perfect niche for him. So that's what I think it, it, it's really good. Always go back to what you love and enjoy. If you don't know what you enjoy in cybersecurity, that's okay. Go find out what it is. Go, go get your feet wet and try a couple different areas and go into a company and get an internship if you want. I, I get probably two to three people a week asking, hey, do we have any intern positions open in our company or this coming summer or you, you know, this or that? Um, oftentimes we don't have the perfect fit, but guess what? I know a lot of companies that are looking for that actively or in the university. And I try to align people to that and help them because that makes a difference. So opening your network up of different people is, is very big in the world of cybersecurity. I got to say with colleagues I have, they're very generous with their time, with their resources, with their, their, their contacts in the industry. So don't be afraid to ask. Can't, what's the worst somebody could say? No, sorry, or I, I can't show. Okay, move on. But if you ask, at least you'll you'll probably learn something or make a new connection and, and just jump on a short call with somebody. Um, chat back and forth with them over email or something. Go to an event, meet up with them, buy them a cup of coffee. You would be amazed how easy it is to interact with some of these cybersecurity people. And even people, oftentimes you'll think, Oh, they're a, a celebrity or they're too well-known. They'll never talk to me. Not the case. I, I, I could honestly say with confidence, I've talked to pretty much the majority of the cybersecurity gurus out there. And some of them have egos and some of them are a little, you know, up here, but they'll usually come down when you start talking the same level with them about cybersecurity, what got them in their career, what got them excited, get them to open up. And then you'll learn a wealth of information and that'll really steer you much quicker toward your career. Great. Thank Yeah. Thanks for that. Thanks for that explanation on, um, again, just, just reaching out to others, being more open to new opportunities and making the initiative to start. Um, I think like you said, that example uh, of someone who came from construction, uh, took your advice and, and, and tried it, right? The worst that could happen is no. And uh, you won't know until you try. Uh, one thing I want to follow up on is, is your, your books. Can you speak more on those for, for our listeners on what, what inspired you to write uh, these three books? Uh, Hacked Again, Cybersecurity is Everybody's Business and uh, Senior Cyber. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Hacked Again really kind of started it off. First of all, I have to admit, I'm a tech geek. I'm not a writer. I'm not an author. That, that, that was clear in my mind when I first started writing. But but Hacked Again really kind of started, uh, I was actually doing an interview on cybersecurity, Bloomberg TV. Um, this was back in New York City. It was right after all the, the breaches and the, the hacks that happened with Target and JP Morgan and all the others, one after one. Came After that interview, I came off and I went to just to, to a little diner to get something to eat and drink. And my phone rang and it was Associated Press. They said, geez, uh, Scott, we heard that your company was hacked and, and you're a cybersecurity expert. We want to talk to you about what the heck happened and how could this have happened? If you're an expert, how could your company be hacked? And I was like, oh gosh, I don't want to go on the record and admit that, you know, we were compromised and hacked. And I said, well, okay, if you, if you let me explain the whole story and the mistakes I made, but what I learned in the process, then okay, I'll, I'll go on the record. And they put out a story, it went nationwide, the story broke and it got a lot of attention. 
I was getting phone calls and my friends are calling me up and, and everybody's called me up and a couple of people are like, Scott, you got to write a book on this. It's just kind of interesting. I've never heard of anybody targeted and hacked and what happened to you and your whole story. And I was like, okay, but who am I going to get to write it? And they're like, you got to write it. It happened to you. It's your story. And I'm like, well, I'm not a writer. It took two years, the long and short of it, until I finally was able to write it, bounce a lot of ideas off my brother, my younger brother, and um, finally got it published, learned how to self-publish a book, how to get it out there, launch a book. And it's in Barnes and Nobles, Amazon, sold around the world. And it really started taking off and doing well. And I realized, you know what, being hacked and targeted, it's a little different as cybersecurity became more mainstream. Suddenly I said, cybersecurity, now everybody's talking. My, my grandmother's calling me up, asking me questions. My next door neighbor, my coworker, the, you know, it's now everybody's business. And click, I got to write a book, cybersecurity is everybody's business. So continued on writing that, took about nine months to author that and, and get it out there. I, I brought my brother in as the co-author which helped speed it up. And he's an excellent, excellent writer and very gifted. Um, and shortly after that, I was frustrated helping my aged parents with computers and devices. My grandfather was 99 at the time, struggling with passwords and stuff. And I said, geez, I got to find some resources because every weekend I feel like I'm helping them and it's getting tiring. And I couldn't find anything. The few little bits and pieces out there that talk to a senior audience, they were very disparaging. They talked down almost insulting. And I said, this is not helpful. This is intimidating. If I was a senior, I'd throw this in the garbage. So I said, you know what? I'm going to write a book just to the senior audience. I'm going to make it large font, easy to read, icons throughout, actionable items to empower them to use computers, the internet, smartphones, technology in general, and just feel good about it and to stay safe from cyber criminals and scammers. And that was book number three. So now starting on book number four, focusing in on uh, teens and cyber. So we'll see how that goes and especially the impact of privacy and how social media weighs into it. So it's kind of an exciting uh, book that's coming up next. Wow. Yeah. And, and what made you, um, what inspired you to write that book on teens? Well, because I have two teenagers at home. So I think when you relate to them, especially the, the implications of jumping on social media and trusting individuals and all the scams that go on teens and your peers you tend to trust your peer and you share passwords and you share technology to a point where there's a fault in the school their password management system and the security is very lax um so the more i start to, to kind of look into that niche i see that it's lacking and there's not much education for teens because everybody says well Teens can jump on a computer and they can do anything. Sure. But at what cost? They're, they're not really well grounded in security always. I'm not saying all teens, but a lot of them. So that really got me kind of excited and said, I could write something, again, speaking to that audience. And for me as a, as a cybersecurity expert, but also as a dad, hopefully I can relate on two levels and, and try to, to, to reach their heart and help them appreciate that there are things that they can do to stay safe, especially on social media, not overshare, not overtrust, um, and take some basic precautions in the world of privacy because in the not too distant future, they're gonna need to take out a loan, go to college, buy a place, buy a car, whatever. And some of the things they're doing right now could actually affect them by not having a good solid 
cybersecurity plan and putting out too much information. So um, it's kind of cautionary, but also giving them some actionable items just to stay safe now, looking forward into the future. Great. Yeah. Thanks for the explanation of that. And we'll definitely link um, your books in the, in the description and the show notes as well for our listeners to, to look into that if they're, if they're interested in, in reading. Um, we're coming up on time, but I do want to ask if there's lastly anything you wanted to, to say to our listeners who are, are looking to get into cyber, having a hard time and uh, still still going through the, the battle of getting into the field. I just think I, I keep telling people, ask questions and ask myself, jump on my website, scottshober.com. You could fill out a little form there, email me. It's actually me that responds. It's not a robot. Um, it's not some third party. And, and the same thing through a lot of col- colleagues I have out there. I often will steer people toward different colleagues, be it toward if they have internships, they just have some basic questions. If you're thinking about penetration testing, what better than have a 10 minute conversation with somebody that lives in the trenches each and every day doing penetration testing for banks or, you know, uh, law firms or whatever else. So, so to me, make the, the connections by reaching out and connecting with people. I get, I get students probably a couple times a month just asking me questions. Who do you know? What do you like here? What do you suggest there? I love it. I don't mind sharing it. Information is free. We should share and educate one another and be free with it because it's helping empower everybody to be more knowledgeable. And the more people on our side, the more that we'll fight back against these cyber criminals. Well said, well said. Thank you so much for your time today, Scott. I uh, really do appreciate all the all the knowledge and wisdom that you've given us today. Um, and yeah, uh, hopefully we can talk again. And I'll be sure to link the the links to your socials and your, and your novels in, in the show notes as well. Awesome. Great. Thanks. Thanks again for the time having me on. And everybody out there, please stay safe.